Welcome, dear listeners, to episode 26 of the Empty Rooms of Gorski Manor. We are pleased to share Tale 5, Looking for the Things in the Corners of Gorski Manor, with Harry. This tale begins in Harry's sitting room, a most private place within the manor that few are invited to enter. You and I have been welcomed here. Quickly, my dear. Harry had said, taking my hand, leading me over to an ornate floor-length mirror, pushing me in front of it. Look. I did, and could see colors swirl around me and in me, my aura. I stared deep into me, reflected inside the mirror. I saw my heart beating bright and red, yet there was a black hole in it. Little droplets of black light dripped from the hole down into my belly. This sight made my stomach queasy. Around both of my shoulders wrapped a donut shape, clear yet spinning round each arm to shoulder. They felt heavy and oppressive, and around my head a circle of ethereal white energy slowly flowed like a mist, expanding outwards into honey yellow, such a lovely hue that I could not pull my eyes from it. I shared this with Harry, then he, in turn, shared what he had seen of his aura. So interesting that a ghost continues to emit an aura. Hmm, very intriguing, he said, rubbing his chin in thought. I do not know much about auras, but... I do have a wonderful friend who does. Come, sit with me for a moment. I beckoned Harry to return to his chair by the fire, and I to mine. I have the question for you. He paused for a shocked moment, deep interest across his face. I took his hand as I escorted him to the fire. Please, my dear, please tell, he said, sitting very straight upon his wingback chair, giving me his full and complete attention. Harry, I began with care, you have offered me Full disclosure and honesty to one question. One special question to be asked and answered with full, honest truth. I said again, reiterating the conditions once again. Yes, my dear, this is so. Yet, let me make it clear. There is no urgency 
to the asking. Time is available. I shall wait for the question. The question should be considered, deeply considered, and deeply desired. Harry said with a note of preaching in it, hmm, I do understand, I agreed, pausing to consider the question that has come to the surface from the depths of endless questions yet to be even thought. I looked into the fire, waiting for the right words to fill me, feeling the question possibly too simple. And then I spoke it. Why me? I whispered, looking into the fire. Then I turned to look into Harry's dark eyes. I felt so relieved to have spoken it into the universe, always to be remembered at this precious moment. So much flashed across his face, an eternity of emotions, a plethora of reasons, explanations, and remembrances. Oh, oh, a very grand question, he whispered. Then, giving me that roguish smile that both made my heart sing, yet sink with concern I may be thought a fool. Putting his clasped fingers to his lips in careful consideration, he began. My dear, you are here. You were there so long ago, and the future will see us together again and again. He walked over to me, taking me by the hands, pulling me up to look into his eyes deeply. He bent down and kissed my forehead with affection. I see you yearn for details. They will be forthcoming when the time is right. And then he whispered in my ear, A most private conversation. I couldn't stop myself and wrap my arms around him in a so-wanted embrace, burying my face into his chest. He returned it with the same emotion I had exuded, placing his chin upon my head. His scent was intoxicating, otherworldly, inviting. As we released, I said, I look forward to future conversations. Mistress, mistress. Simon called, hopping over to us from the shadows and 
into my arms. He has returned. He never can refuse a good cuddle. Where have you been? I asked him, enjoying his hug. I have missed you so. Oh, mistress. The sisters needed my assistance with magic. You know they can't do it without me. Let us go to visit Poe, Harry said with a laugh, happy to see Simon and patting his head. These auras are waiting for our attention and Poe's insight. He reached down to get his top hat where I had set it and replaced it upon my head. My hat so suits you. My dear, I do love that hat. Feathers joined us, landing on Harry's shoulder, while Simon remained in my arms. We left Harry's sitting room with a slight pang of concern in the pit of my stomach. Will I ever see this place again? We must visit Poe for his guidance. He lives on the vast moors of winter. I understand his skill with auras is nothing but spectacular. Harry led us down many hallways and stairwells. I tried to get my bearings, looking for some place familiar, a hall I may have been down. But all were new and, as usual, disorientating. Where are we going, mistress? To Poe. He who knows how to read one aura. Do you not know him? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I, I, want, I want to have mine done too. Oh, me too, me too. He said loudly, jumping with excitement in my arms so that I could not hold onto him any longer, and he leapt to the floor. Hmm. It may be possible, Harry considered. Then, with eagerness, he said, There, look, the entrance. We turned into a short hallway. Eight doors line both sides and one large door held the space at the very end. From each door, a mirror hung, framed by intricately carved surrounds, each of a different size, each of a different pattern. The one at the end was painted white. There she be! Harry stated, pointing to the white door as if on a ship coming into port. At the end of the hallway, cast in shadows so gray, hangs a mirror of lost dreams where old memories stay. As I look in the mirror, Never told 
To the white door. I noticed none of the doors as we passed had a door knob. How do we enter? I asked Harry. These are not those kinds of doors. We all stood there, looking at our group staring back from the mirror. Watch. He walked closer to the mirror, and within the car frame, he began at twelve o'clock. He touched a chalice that I could now see carved upon it. Moving withershins, he touched four more chalices on the left side, then up the right side to four more for a total of nine. Little wisps of mist began to flow from these cups as they each turned to face their open ends towards the inner glass. Mist streamed out of each cup, crawling and gliding along the glass, filling up the mirror quickly as we watched with awe. Then a gust of cold wind burst through the mirror from the left, clearing the mist and revealing the most wonderful sight that simply took my breath away. The mirror was no longer. I could feel the cold greet us from within. The vista of the moors of winter stretched there before us. I reached out my hand, but I did not hit the glass of the mirror that should be there, but passed through this mirror way. Oh, so beautiful, yet imposing, dangerous and wild. Endless rolling hills of pure white snow, rocky ledges and standing stones adding to the beauty. Rocky, snow-covered mountains, just visible in the far distance and the slightest hint of the ocean beyond, melted into the gray, wispy, blustery sky. On the first hill in front of us sat a grand, huge polar bear, barely visible in the white snow 
except for a large black nose and two knowing dark eyes. It raised a paw in greeting. Poe! Harry called in friendship. Poe got up and walked over to us and into the hall. That was such a surprise to see. Oh, for certain. He sat down, yet his great stature still towered over us all. And as he shook the snow off his white coat, much as a dog does, he sent the snow flying over us. It really was snow, ice cold snow, yet it melted quickly in the warmth of the manor. Poe looked to me with a question. I looked to Harry for an introduction. Welcome, Poe said, extending his large paw with large claws for a friendly handshake. So very nice to meet you, Poe, I stated, shaking his paw carefully. Harry has told us you can read auras. Oh, definitely. It is my Speciality. He agreed. Yes, I have come to see everyone enjoys a special skill here at the manor. I said, wondering what my skill is. My lambs are extraordinarily white. That makes it very easy to see auras. Poe explained with a chuckle of pleasure as he waved his hand over the land. Quite logical. Harry agreed. Come, let us sit for a time together and speak. Poe said, moving to a corner and getting comfortable. We all joined and sat in a semicircle in front of him upon the floor. I felt small, like a child, listening to a storyteller. A very pleasant feeling. As you are our guest, I will read yours first. Poe said to me with a toothy grin. This made me very happy, as I was quite anxious to understand. I began. Harry and I looked into this grand mirror, and I saw... No need to tell me. I can see it perfectly. Poe stopped me from telling. Oh my, I thought, this will be interesting. I thought an aura is always changing. Will it not be different than when I saw it? I asked Poe, wondering. An aura does not change that fast. Its flow is more fluid, gently Slowly changing, yet sometimes.
quickly when big moments occur. I should be able to see what you saw. He sat and looked intently at me for a time. Then he took a deep breath and began. Encircling your head is the white of spirit, strong and ever-present with you, keeping the channel of communication clean and pure. All your senses are open, waiting for you to see. Why? Why you can breed auras if you wish. Lovely scalp, if I say so myself. Yet, you do not see with your physical eyes, but with your spiritual ones. This energy then grows into the yellow of honey, Mm. the yellow of amber, your true heart color. Of this you already know? Yes, I agree. I do have a deep companionship with amber. Good. Good, you know. Poe continued. He cocked his head this way and that as he continued to look at and through me. He scratched his nose with thought. Heavy, heavy energy confines you. Heavy weight upon your shoulders. The two clear donut shapes around my arms and shoulders, I remembered. The weight is yet so very thin and flimsy. It can be popped like a bubble if you wish it. You no longer need to carry the guilt. Those you feel the guilt for have not held it against you. They understand. Oh, how I wish that were true. I thought as tears formed in my eyes and that ache caught in my throat. Simon moved closer to snuggle against me as he felt my distress. Harry reached out and touched my shoulder in comfort. Ka-ka, mistress. Feathers cawed with support. I dried my tears, smiled my thanks to them all, and waited for what more Poe would share. Oh. A hole within your 
he sighed and went silent and thought further. Your heart is yet big, bright and strong. What drips is from within, black, inky, down into your belly. It is not a hole at all. Poe began slowly, his eyes darting this way and that as he watched something within the knowing. He wrinkled his nose and shook his head. Read my name, Poe requested unexpectedly. Confused yet honored, I agreed. I began with P for the rune perthro, ability to look into and see deep magics and the deepest meaning within the cauldron of knowing that few can see. Your dark eyes and nose shine out from your world of white, a beacon of sorts. Letter O for the rune Othala, inheritance of one's ancient ancestry, special skills, Passed down from generation to generation. These skills grow stronger and stronger through time. Mediumship and remembering. Poe, you have many more skills than reading auras. And E for the rune Avas. Partnerships with others to keep going. The path is exhausting, your path. Ride the currents, the winds, the sea. The journey is always worth the effort. <gasps> Poe answered. Pardon me, I questioned, not understanding. Excuse me. I spoke in my native tongue, Welsh. I said, thank you, dear, lovely, such beautiful expression and deep knowing. Well done. You can see for yourself. Others' insight is no longer needed. No, do not shut out the guidance of others. Different perspectives are always of benefit, always a treasure. I felt his telling is true. I thought back to the moment when I first saw the black hole within my heart. It did not feel a wound or something missing, more an opening, a way to come and go within and from myself. Alfred, Poe said, reading my mind. Shall I 
Continue? Yes, please. The black drips are my insecurities, clogging the channel, slowing me down, the clearing and cleaning away of useless thoughts and habits takes time. All the black needs to go. Precisely. It is making your digestion sick. Poe shared. How, how does one do that? I asked. Pull the cards. He said handing me a pack of lovely oracle cards. Upon its back, I saw rolling hills in chakra colors upon which a cloaked traveler followed a path. I shuffled them, then drew a first card. Complacency, a card of red, then grief of green, and confusion of spirit gray, and last, wisdom, green again for one's heart. The imagery of each card looked back at me, deeply sending me guidance. The first card held a woman sitting alone on a hill, falling leaves all around her, yet she did not want to move. She did not want to make the effort anymore. The second card, grief. A woman hugs her most beloved dog, now past. I so understand this card. I grieve for my dear cats. The next spirit card, confusion showed whispers of many spirits, whom to listen to. All this hardship leading to the wisdom card, learning, understanding, the image of a woman was upon this card with the world in her heart, three spirits of the earth and a white crow to assist her or my cadre of knowing? I heard, before you worry about something, ask if it will benefit you to do so in the future. Draw one more card. This is the solution. Poe instructed, shuffling the cards for me. The balance card actually jumped right out of the deck, a card of the third eye. Upon this card, the image showed a spirit holding the scale of all, ready to weigh each decision in life for honesty and truth. The knowing shared, you take you, Wherever you go, let go of what is not aligned with who you really are, so that you are free to create before inspiration disappears.
Create. Keep busy. This will clear the portal within your heart. For your full enjoyment of your life's path, sweep the black dirt off the road, keeping it clear and clean to follow with joy. Thank you, dear Paul. Like I said, you are nothing more than extraordinary, Harry said, shaking his paw with gratitude. Suddenly, chimes began to ring loudly throughout the manor, making us all jump with shock. Bells and horns sounded. All Hallows' Eve, Harry shouted. Feathers and Simon both jumped and laughed with joy. The party has begun, Harry said, quickly saying goodbye to Paul and ushering us all towards the door. Thank you so much, Paul. It was a great pleasure to meet you. I called back to him as he disappeared into the mirror. You are truly welcome, he called back to me. Yet there is a quicker way to clear the black from your heart. Invite the scarab beetle, if you dare. What? I called with concern, but he was gone. Then off we ran down the halls of the manor, headed for the party of all parties. Blessings and hugs, dear listener. <laughs>